Welcome to Wild Tater, the Food Forest Podcast. I'm Charles Hathaway, and today we're going to talk about the Big Tooth Maple, otherwise known as the Sugar Maple of the Rockies. I named it that. I hope that's okay. It is also sometimes referred to as the Canyon Maple. The uh, scientific name, botanical name, is Acer grandidentatum or Acer saccharum grandidentatum. Now, you may recognize the name Acer saccharum from saccharum being sugar. Acer saccharum is the sugar maple. Some um, botanists uh, consider the uh, big tooth maple as a subspecies of the sugar maple. And there's a few reasons why you can see why not everybody would consider it that. They're like half the size, half the thickness, and so forth. But they do have a rather high sugar content, which is one of the reasons that I that it is of such great use in the food forest. And not just because it makes great syrup. All maples make syrup, including the box elder. It's just a matter of how much sugar content they have, whether they're likely to be used or not. Big Tooth is probably the most, one of the next in line to the sugar maple in sugar content. Anyway, cold hardiness. They can go down to zone 3 and up to zone 8. That means they can withstand cold down to negative 40 degrees Fahrenheit. They can take soil pH of from 6.0 to 8.0. And that is one of the things that makes the big tooth maple stand out from, from uh, other you know, sugar maples and other tappable, uh, commonly tapped maples, is that they can withstand really high alkalinity. Now, there are a few maples out there that are known for alkaline um, tolerance, but I don't know if there's any with this that are this tolerant, that have this level of sugar content. And so, if you're all about producing maple syrup, you may want to consider the Big Tooth Maple, especially if you are on the western half of the United States. It's kind of interesting if you look at where the different maples are native to. You've got the sugar maple that right down the middle of the United States, everything east, it is native to. And then right down the middle on the exact states with leaving Nebraska is this little island that apparently isn't native to any any of the two maples. <laughs> but everything else split right down the middle and to the west, big tooth maple is your big uh, uh, maple tree. So, or not big, but your, your native maple tree. And, you know, again, with such sugar content. Now, the uh, blooming season for the maple is early spring. It's not a big factor for us if we're um, raising them to tap because that won't matter if they're, you know, uh, if they flower or seed or whatever. But uh, as far as getting seed to plant more of them, you may want to know these details. The blooming season is early spring. The uh, harvest season, the season that you would tap the tree, is late winter to early spring, basically just before it comes out of dormancy. If you're seeing little buds starting to thicken up at, at you know at the very you know perimeters of the tree and so forth, that's great timing. Go for it, and um, we'll talk a little bit about you know more detail about tapping them in a moment. 
the tapping age is from the time they are about six inch caliper, meaning the thickness of the trunk is about six inches thick. Now that sounds pretty small compared to other maples because sugar maple, you're not supposed to tap until it's at least 12 inches thick. But the big tooth maple doesn't get 12 inches thick. In fact, sometimes it doesn't even get six inches thick. So really it's, it's from about four inches on that you can tap it. It's just that, you know, having a four inch uh, trunk and then drilling a hole into it feels much more invasive than it does to a big thick tree. So you want to wait till it's between four and six inches thick before tapping because it does put a little stress on the tree, which is why you only want to do it once a year. Okay, now pollination for seed, if you're interested in growing them for seed. Each plant is either male or female, and both are needed to produce seed, and seed is only produced on the females. And in fact, in, in this particular maple tree, the seeds are only produced every two to three years. Now, if you're one who gets annoyed by seeds falling all over your yard, this is good news. If you're one who wants to actually eat seed, which we'll talk about, that's, you know, unfortunate news. And you'll just want a lot of trees. Now, the size at maturity is somewhere between 33 to 49 feet tall. Probably averages 35 feet tall to 40 feet tall and about 20 feet wide. And if you know anything about sugar maples, they are about twice that size. But, um... This is, this is how the big tooth maple operates. I have a suspicion personally that the big tooth maple may be the Western evolutionary adaptation of the sugar maple, just because, you know, it's smaller, it's more alkaline friendly. It's like all these factors, things change in order to fit the climate that they're in. Really what is going on with evolution or, or um, moderation um, over time is that uh, you know one seed happens to survive in a more alkaline soil it has children um, that are like itself that are a little bit more adept you know okay with the alkaline soil and the one who is the most you know okay with the alkaline soil is the most likely to survive to adulthood and produce its seed and so forth and as it goes along those alkaline friendly you know, uh, trees just adapt to the point where they're like, yeah, I can take it, bring it on. I can, I can take some alkaline soil. Now, the interesting thing also about the alkaline soil thing is there's actually a lot of maples that do fine in higher alkaline soil as far as alkalinity itself or the effect of alkalinity itself. But what it does for the tree or to the tree is that it creates this atmosphere for it where it cannot take up iron properly. And some people may mistakenly think in order to grow a sugar maple in the West, for example, all they have to do is give it extra iron, give it, you know, a fertilizer with extra iron in it. That's not going to work simply because, or at least not much, because it's not that it doesn't have enough iron in the soil. The problem is, is its ability to take up iron at all. It's just not able to do so. It's, it's, uh, uh, it becomes chlorotic, meaning that it, it uh, gets iron deficient because of this alkaline soil. The big tooth maple does not have that problem. Now, whether it does at soils of alkalinity over eight 
is is I, I'm not sure, but uh, but it, from 6.0 to 8.0 should do fine. Sugar maple, you get anything even touching over 6.5, and it will die. And unfortunately, you can have a tree, you know, because of its surrounding, you've got this nice acidic soil around it and so forth. It, it does okay until it's 10, 15, 20 years old, and then it reaches that native soil, and it just starts getting, you know, that iron chlorosis, and, and it just dies, which is sad, it's tragic. But the big tooth maple, you're not going to have that problem in the West. Now, if you're in the East, get yourself some sugar maple. I'm so jealous of you. But the big tooth maple, for those of us in the West, could be a good substitute. The sun needs of this tree are anywhere between full sun to partial shade. I've even seen it in places of full shade, like in a, in you know, kind of a slot canyon where there's maybe five minutes of sun a day, if that, growing under other maple trees. Now, it's not ideal. It prefers full sun, but um, with a little dappled shade, maybe in the afternoon or something would be great. And, you know, in light of that, it's preferred habitat. If it could choose its own place, I'm guessing, uh, based on what we know about how, you know, their preferences of soil and everything, and based on the fact that Maple Canyon, which is not too far from me, is a canyon that is probably 85% of the biomass of the mountain is these big tooth maples. Its preferred habitat is probably about 6,000 foot elevation mountainside, partly sunny and partly dappled shade, and not far from a stream. Now, I didn't mention the water needs are medium on this tree, but then once it becomes established, it's quite low. It's, it's a rather drought-tolerant tree once it establishes. You just got to get that tree established, give it a few years to really, you know, find its place in the soil, so to speak. Now, if you are um, wanting it for syrup, which many of us food foresters do, the syrup seems to taste best, at least by some studies, um, when it is on a southern-facing hill with sandy soil. Kind of an interesting note. I'm not sure whether the sandy soil or the south-facing hill is doing more, if you can only choose one or the other of those, but, uh, but kind of an interesting note. The average lifespan of a big-toothed maple is about half that of a sugar maple also, 75 to 150 years, whereas the sugar maple, 150 to 300 years average. And it's in the flam it's in the plant family Aceraceae, which is, you know, every every maple is an Acer tree. That's the genus. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about tapping a maple. Because uh, most food foresters growing maples want it for syrup. And I love maple syrup. So this is what I desperately want to do. I I've been trying for years to grow box elders, various maples, and so forth, and I finally, I'm, I'm finally kind of, I'll still throw some in when I can get them, but I'm ready to throw all my chips in on the sugar maple, I mean, I'm sorry, on the big tooth maple. Anyway, um, okay, let's talk about tapping the big, big tooth maple. Um, 
Now, again, you don't want to tap it before it's five or six inches thick, which is going to be pretty close to full size. So you may be talking 20 years. I don't know uh, from the time you plant it. My guess is 10 would probably be enough. And again, the time of year is while it's freezing in the morning. I mean, fr sorry, freezing during the night still, but warm during the day. And in fact, if you get a nice, warm, sunny day after a frost, you're going to have sap just gushing, ready to, ready to just come out <laughs> and fill your bucket. And uh, what you're going to want to do is, is go out and drill a hole about four feet from the base. I, I don't have any information on the specific size of the hole other than that you're going to want it the size of a tube that you're going to poke in there. I would recommend a straw, something like that. Uh, drill a hole that's just the size for the straw to fit in, kind of wedge it in there. And then the, uh, the and, and you don't want to wedge the straw in too deep, but um, you want the hole to go a couple inches in and then the straw to go in just enough so it won't fall out and so forth. Some Sometimes you can get a little tapping, um, I don't know what you call them, little dip things that, that'll make it so that as it comes out, it just dips down, drips down this thing and into a bucket that you've got below the tree or hanging from the spout, whatever. Honestly, a straw is really all you need if, if you don't have that. Um, stick a straw in there, not too deep, um, and then put a bucket or pitcher either against the tree, next to the tree, something so as it drips out, it is catching it. And then just let it catch uh, sap for good, I don't know, eight hours or so. By the time the uh, day is coming to a close, it'll stop flowing freely because it's starting to get cold and, and so forth. And so you won't be able to get much more after that. And I don't know, I have not done this yet on a big tooth, um, but uh, if you just plan out several hours to, to do it, you can just set it and then go do something else, come back and check on it, you know, halfway through, or maybe just come and get it at the, at the end of the time that you want it to sit there. Eight hours is probably as long as you ever need to. Um, and then you take that sap home I, you know, I can't say exactly how much you'll get. It's going to depend on a lot of things, uh, exactly how far into the year it is, the age of the tree, all these, you know, the temperature outside, things like that. But once you've got this bucket or pitcher of sap, it's going to feel like water to you. you you're going to notice it is not like maple syrup. It is water. It, at least it seems to be. You can taste it if you want. I know Native Americans and, and other native cultures of, of various places that have done had maples will drink it as a sweet drink i have a suspicion that it's a very mild sweet drink but probably delicious i mean i love maple flavor and so anyway what you're going to want to do if you want to make syrup out of this sap is go and boil it and boil it and boil it and boil it um, some people say it's a very smoky process um, so if you have a way to do it outside, do it. If not, you know, maybe with a fan and a low temperature, you can work it out so it's manageable. Um, find some way to boil it for a long time. I've heard some people say several hours. I, I have not done this myself yet. Eager to, if I can ever get my maples to establish. 
and grow. <laughs> but uh, you're going to boil it down until it's of the consistency of maple syrup, basically. Now, a sugar maple will have the highest concentration of sugar. Some people think that means that you can't make it out of other maples. That is wrong. you just got to boil it longer and boil away more of the water. Ultimately, if you were to boil uh, maple sap of any tree, or any tree for, for, you know, for that matter, it will boil and it will boil, it will boil until there's no water left. And what you're left with is solid, natural sugar. Solid. Um, I have actually made um, suckers with my kids, you know, like lollipop kind of deal out of maple syrup. You just buy some maple syrup or tap it, whatever, and you just boil it until it stops boiling, basically. And it's the solid, you know, hard crack stuff that uh, then you pour it into molds and, uh, and then you, you know, let them cool and you've got a hard sucker. And that is what, that, that's what any kind of true syrup does. It will boil down until all that's left are the sugars. And of course the flavor, you know, bits and so forth. Basically you're boiling all the water out of it. But you don't want to boil all the water out of it if you're making maple syrup. Because that will make hardtack candy. What you want to do is boil it till there is like half as much water as there is anything else making it so it's this nice thick syrup and most people will not boil it down to a thick syrup they'll boil it to a thin syrup because it's plenty sweet so we're good to go you know it's up to you how long you want to do that what you'll find is that something like a gallon of of uh sap that you start with it looks like water you boil it down to maybe two cups of syrup in the end which is fine because you get quite a bit of like several gallons sometimes out of a big enough tree that's usually with sugar maples i'm guessing with the big tooth maple it's not going to have as much that's okay if you get a cup per tree um, per year because you only want to tap any one tree once in order to not stress it out um, per year anyway uh, tap it once per year so if you have you know 30 big tooth maples around your yard then that's 30 cups of maple syrup that's a lot of syrup that should get you you know several months of what you need depending on how many pancakes you eat <laughs> anyway another way to tap a maple and you can do this with tapping any trees and this one is a uh, particularly nice one for the big tooth maple because they are a smaller tree and you're not tapping this big mass trunk you're massing you're tapping kind of a small trunk and you know you're waiting years and years for it well while it's growing up and it's getting to full size you may be having to trim the tree anyway right trim you know some of these you know smaller branches and so forth what you can do to tap a younger tree or even an older tree is you trim off the ends of some branches during the growing season and just take a few of these branches enough so that you you know if you trim off the ends and then you can stuff those ends into a water bottle and then you take a string or something to strap it to those branches so that it'll kind of dangle there almost like a funny looking fruit hanging off the you know off the ends of the branches so that as those clipped branches drip their sap into that um, 
water bottle, you are collecting sap. And you just do this for, I don't know, two hours or something before it dries up. And then you can either move it to another spot and get more, or you can take it as it is. This might be a fun way to taste the sap straight if you're wanting to, to just have a little, you know, sip of sap. Because, you know, what you get in a water bottle, if you want to boil it down to syrup, is going to be a couple tablespoons <laughs> maybe. But, uh, but maybe you could boil it down to, you know, a, a very thin syrup. Or, or maybe if you just have enough trees and do this with enough uh, water bottles, maybe you can. Uh, get enough to make some nice syrup. But that is a fun alternate way of tapping a maple and one that is a little less invasive, a little more, you know, uh, okay for younger trees because just those prunings will just tell the tree, oh, I've got to grow thicker, I've got to grow more branches and so forth. And it's not going to, you know, be sucking the lifeblood as, um, as, uh, viciously, if you will, that makes it sound terrible to be tapping maple trees, but uh, but no, it's it is harmless as long as you're only doing it once a year, and you know per tree. Now I want to make a quick note here. Um, this has been re-recorded, or I should say that uh, I'm recording over my previous recording where I discussed the edibility of the seeds of the big tooth maple and. Uh, box elder uh, and but basically several of the uh, maples um, they are listed as being edible in many places some cultures eat them regularly however in recent findings there has been found the toxin hypoglycin a which in humans can cause vomiting or worse depending on how much you're eating Generally, it is, it's been studied um, because of livestock eating the seeds and so forth, especially horses, um, and the problems that have arisen from that. And this has mostly been studied in box elder and, you know, things like red maple and so forth. I can't find anything that is specifically talking about the big tooth maple, but because it is a maple, um, I would suggest not eating the seeds or young shoots. So I just wanted to uh, update on that. So um, if you're hearing this for the first time, it will sound, you know, normal. But if you're listening to this again, you may hear this little insert in here. So uh, don't eat the seeds, but uh, there's no evidence that I can find of there being any of the toxin in the sap. And that is common among all maples. So you're just fine with the sap. Stick with the sap anyway. So get yourself a big tooth maple, especially if you're in the west where the soil is alkaline and the air is dry. They love it. And with that, thanks again for listening.